You are listening to As a Woman, episode 21, The Secret to Instagram. In this episode, we are talking about Instagram success. Listen as I break down the platform, learn what you should be doing and not doing in order to set yourself up for success. Listen as I discuss my take on social media as a professional woman and why there is so much power in this platform. Welcome to As a Woman, the podcast hosted by fertility physician, Dr. Natalie Crawford, to educate and empower women. Each week, learn about your health, your fertility, and how they relate to your true self. Become a part of the community, fostering collaboration over competition, while learning how to authentically find your voice and amplify others as a woman. Hi, friends. Welcome back to As a Woman, the podcast. You are listening to episode 21 the secret to Instagram. Now, this episode is really timely because I am releasing it the day after I give this talk at the Midwest Reproductive Symposium. And my talk there is called The Secret to Becoming Insta-Famous. So really close to this. And you are hearing my talk right now. And the reason why I wanted to share it with you is a couple reasons. But one, this is my first time to stand on the big stage in my field and talk about something I'm very passionate about, which is using social media as a platform for education and advocacy. This is something that has changed my career. Instagram alone has brought in patients, connected me with people, brought a community, and created a network that has put me in a much different spot than I would have been if I hadn't started this personal professional account. But to have it recognized on a bigger stage, one of your national societies saying, hey, come and talk on social media, talking in front of your peers, that's a really big deal. It's a big deal for the world of social, but it's a huge deal for me. So I'm super honored, super excited, and that's why I'm recording this episode. And I want to start by asking you, what is holding you back from either starting an account growing an account or expanding what you have? What are you afraid of? Is it time? You don't know what to do. You don't know how to do it. The technology is scary. I want you to really think about what's holding you back so you can then think about what you want to accomplish and realize that whatever's holding you back is not strong enough to keep you out of this really powerful and growing platform. And so what is the secret to becoming Insta-famous? There is no secret. You guys know that. What do you need? You need defined goals. That's probably the most important thing. You need to understand your audience. Who are you trying to reach? You need consistency. This is going to take some work. You need patience. Organic growth takes time. You need humility. Somebody will always be better than you at every platform. And you need to change. You must be okay adapting and changing and growing as your platform grows. If for some reason you have stumbled across this podcast and you don't know who I am, I am Natalie Crawford. I am a physician in infertility, and I started a personal professional Instagram account about three years ago that now has over 61,000 followers, at least at the time of recording this. It has grown immensely, and I find Patients find me this way. I have networked in my field this way. I'm a huge believer in the power of social media. But that's why I'm qualified to give you an entire episode on the secrets to Instagram. I really believe that the number one thing you need to do if you want to start, grow, change, 
amplify your account is to really narrow down what is your goal. You guys know I love that question. I ask it to every patient. It's this first podcast episode, but what is your goal? And the reason is that there are many reasons to use social media. It is important to know your why, or it will be a waste of time for you. If you are not accomplishing something that's important to you, it will be a waste. It will be not rewarding. You will feel like you are giving part of yourself away and getting nothing in return. And there are many possible goals. Your goals could be education, empowerment, marketing, a creative outlet, personal branding, inspiration, advocacy, mentorship, networking, growing a practice, and more. There's no right or wrong answer here. Did you hear me? There's no right or wrong answer here. And if you are seeing this talk in real time, I'm actually showing from my Moleskin notebook when I first decided before I ever opened Natalie Crawford MD, I have a page called Social Media and Goals. And I wrote down some goals. And here's what I wrote. Number one, fertility awareness. Number two, patient outreach. Number three, physician comfort with social media. Number four, women in medicine. That is what I started with. I even drew a box around it. Like I took a picture of it. It's ridiculous. And I have saved it in my notebook always because when I feel like my account is going off track or I'm not sure where to go, I reach back and look and say, okay, well, what did I start by trying to do? And the basic rule is whatever your goal is or your few goals, everything you do on this platform should relate to them. Everything. And or your goals need to change because they have evolved and you need to realize that because maybe you're feeling a little lost. And my goals have evolved. So from those first four that I wrote down in a Moleskin notebook, I now have a goal statement years later. And this is what I've said. And you've probably heard this before if you follow me. My goal is to educate women about their health and their bodies, to understand their fertility, to empower them to make choices that align with their true goals, their true self, and not what society dictates for them, while being an example that a successful career can coexist with being a great mother. It's a mouthful. I shoved a lot in there, I know. But that's my goal. And so I'm really trying to make sure that the things that I am doing and the content I am putting out relate to that because that's really what I'm trying to accomplish. That is what I'm passionate about. And your goals determine your audience. Go where your people are. doesn't matter if your people aren't on Instagram, then that's not a good place to be. Or if you're really active on Facebook, but your people aren't on Facebook, you're wasting your time. Your goals determine your audience. You need to go where your people are. Because there's many different platforms, there's a lot you could do with social media. Instagram, what we're talking about, this is one of the highest engaged platforms. Great for connection. Facebook, the groups are one of the highest utilized functions. Great for community. Twitter is full of medical professionals. It's great for networking. Snapchat, I'm not sure what its utility is anymore because I think it's been replaced by Instagram stories. A blog is amazing, but you have to have a way to get people in or you have limited reach. Podcast, well, look, I'm a fan. It's popular and easy to consume. Consumers control the content they are listening to. YouTube is the future. Video is the future. And Pinterest, everybody says it's great for SEO and for bringing people in to your site. And we know these platforms will constantly be changing. There will be new things that come up and we have to stay up to date with technology. And personally, for reaching patients, depending on your field, I think Instagram can be really great if you're a medical professional trying to use social media. 
for me as a reproductive endocrinologist, I'm going to age out of my demographic. That's just the truth. At some point in the not too distant future, I'm going to be older than most of the people who come to see me. That means I still have to be able to communicate with patients in mediums and platforms that they understand and where they are. And especially in medicine, I think that being up to date with technology is beyond important. Medicine is always changing. We have to stay up to date with the latest research. Staying up to date with the latest technology when it comes to social media is just a part of that package now. You appeal to modern consumers if you are on places where they are. If you have a public social media profile, you are appearing a more modern, up-to-date with both technology and probably the latest research. You are viewed more positively by the consumer. And so I'm going to dive into Instagram because I think this platform's perfect, at least for me, whereas the majority of monthly active users are under 35 years of age. This is a younger audience on the whole, and that's really my target demographic. And my overall premise when it comes to social media and Instagram specifically is that it's a personal platform. Pictures and writing, it's personal. If you are not being personal, you will not be as successful. And so that's why years ago I decided I was going to start a personal professional account, not just a professional account, but I really wanted people to get to know me, the person behind the doctor, so they could see what my life is like and learn more about me and my views on things. But if we're breaking down Instagram, the first thing is you have to come up with a bio. You have to have a handle and a bio. The only searchable names are your handle name and the first line in your bio, the part that's in bold. And that first line can only have 30 characters. This is what people can search. So if you have the word fertility in your bio or in that first line, if somebody's trying to look up fertility, you will be searchable based on that. And that's really important, especially what your handle is. I'm a big believer that your name is the very best thing to use because there's only one of you. You are the brand. And the ultimate goal is always to get people off of Instagram and to you. And for me, my handle has been Natalie Crawford MD since the day I opened the account. I chose MD versus Dr. Natalie Crawford because I wanted to make sure it was as clear as it could be that I was a medical doctor and not a doctor of another type of medicine. I'm not a doctor of nursing or dentistry or a chiropractor or a naturopath or many other things. And not that there's anything wrong with those jobs. They're just not mine. And I'm a big believer that transparency here in the bio is really key to success. You don't want to deceive people or have people wondering who you are. You want to really put who you are out there. And so that's why I chose Natalie Crawford, MD. Now, I could have chosen Austin's best fertility doctor. So maybe that would have been good if people were searching Austin or fertility. But would you know who I am? And now a word from one of our sponsors, Apostrophe. With the temperatures starting to warm up, I'm so excited the summer is around the corner and getting ready and looking forward to the summer months. But I know that when I'm outside, enjoying nature, I need to pick up supplies to prepare myself for summer adventures. And if you want to get your skin glowing in time for summer, it's time for you to get started with Apostrophe, who is sponsoring this episode. Apostrophe's goal is to help you feel confident in your own skin. So whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring, Apostrophe will help you love the skin you're in. 
I personally love that you get access to an expert dermatology team, a tailored treatment plan. It's simple to sign up for your first visit, and there is no in-person appointment or trip to the pharmacy needed. We have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash A-A-W when you use our code A-A-W. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash A-A-W and click get started. Then use the code A-A-W at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know that women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? But women belong in scientific research. They're essential and Ritual knows this. I choose Ritual Multivitamin every day because it is easy to take and I know that I am getting high quality and traceable ingredients in a clean and bioavailable forms. In fact, Ritual conducted a university-led human clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin to assess its efficacy, and the results showed increase in vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. No my shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash A-A-W. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash A-A-W for 25% off. Thank you, Ritual. I have made a name for myself in my professional field, but also patients who follow me, they know they're going to go schedule an appointment with Natalie Crawford, MD, and that's really helpful. They don't have to go look on my Instagram and figure out my real name or where do I really practice to try to find me. That's my name, and if they follow me, they know it. So there's some brand recognition by just seeing my name. And from switching practices recently, I can tell you that that name is what really matters if you're a physician. You need to brand your name, not the practice where you practice. Also, the whole bio, you need to make it clear who you are and what you're about. People will read this and decide if they want to follow you. Are you of interest to them? And it's okay if you're not. You just really want to be attracting in the right people. So mine says things like, as a woman podcast, board certified OBGYN REI, fertility physician, wife, mom, educating and empowering women, whole food plant-based, and hashtag as a woman. So those are things if you look there, hopefully you'll be intrigued by, but you only have 150 characters. I also think it's really you want this to be clean and visually appealing. If it's separated in lines, I think that's optimal versus just a yucky paragraph altogether. You can use emojis to clean the beginning or the end of a line. You can use hashtags, which are also searchable, so that's nice. But hashtags are hard for the eye to read. So if your whole bio is hashtags, it's less visually appealing. And you can link to other places by having another handle in your bio, like I've linked to my clinical practice. And you have a website which does not count for your characters that you can put in. And I highly recommend you have a website, even if it's just a cover page. If you're, if you're a medical professional, you should have your name or something, even if it's just a landing page that says, this is where I practice, this is how you schedule an appointment, something where patients can go and get more information about you. Even if you are just rooting them to your office right now, that's fine, but it helps get them off of Instagram and in front of you. 
also use a really clear picture of yourself. So that little circle should be a picture of you. And it's important for brand recognition also. So have it be professional and clear. And then what do you post on Instagram? It is a visual and written platform. Instagram is considered microblogging. And one of my big rules of thumb, people want to know who you are and people are lazy. You need to make it easy for them. No offense, friends, that I'm calling you lazy, but we're all a little bit lazy. That's just a fact. And so pictures grab attention. This is how you get likes. Often Instagram pictures that succeed are light and bright. They're people who can be easily recognized. So a picture of me almost always does better than a still life shot of something in my house. And context is very helpful. Meaning if I'm a doctor talking about doctor things, wearing scrubs or a white coat or having a stethoscope or being near an ultrasound or in a medical office, those are visual cues that I'm talking about something to do with medicine, health, being a doctor, something. And that will help attract those people who are interested in medicine, health, being a doctor, or something. Text, however, is what really drives engagement, and that's where the real power is. The first two lines of your text are what you see on the Explore page or when somebody's just scrolling by. So be mindful of what you put there. You can use a total of 2,200 characters. You can use hashtags, but you need to draw somebody in. So the vast majority of my posts, they almost have like a title. So PCOS or are you running out of eggs or when I had my miscarriage, something if you're scrolling You see a picture of me, you may stop, and then you're going to go read that first line or two when I had my miscarriage, and you may be interested in reading more. So you're going to read more. If you start out really far from where your point is, a lot of us who love to tell stories love to do that. We get to the point at the end, and we want to start off really abstract or creatively. People may not get the message. They may not stop and read. Because people are lazy, you need to make it easy for them. So make sure somebody knows in the first two lines what you're talking about so they will take the time to stop and read and engage with your post if it resonates with them. And hashtags are important too. They can help drive people to your page if they don't already follow you. People can follow hashtags. You can follow a hashtag. So I follow hashtag as a woman, hashtag fertility doctor, Hashtag TTC, hashtag fertility awareness, hashtag doctor mom. So I follow a few, and this allows me to sometimes find people who I weren't previously following because they'll show up on my feed. The same can happen for you if you use some of these hashtags. There have been some studies that show maybe the ideal number of hashtags is somewhere between 9 to 11. Instagram will allow 30 total on your post. And you want to do a mix of hashtags that are really popular, like hashtag TTC or trying to conceive if you're trying to get pregnant, and maybe hashtag infertility warrior or hashtag women in medicine or hashtag mamas in medicine. That's Laura Lackers. And so those will help drive community if they're a little smaller because people who follow them will see more pictures. But having a blend of both is helpful. I used to get, or I get asked all the time about tagging people on your post. And previously, this was a nice way 
to show people your posts. Maybe it wouldn't show up on their feed. They would get a notification that you tagged them. So that was always nice for me because I have a lot of followers and I follow a lot of people. So when somebody would tag me, if I had time that day, I could go look at those posts. I don't know what's up with Instagram right now. So maybe this part will be obsolete in the future. But currently, Instagram shows you notifications on posts that you're tagged in. And that's really cluttery for big accounts like mine. And so I'm not currently tagging anybody on the picture or on the post because I find it harder to engage with those posts personally. And I don't want to do that to other people right now. Okay, but you're ready to post. What are you going to post? What type of post can you make? Grid posts are your permanent posts that live on your grid. If somebody goes to your profile, they can scroll down and see past grid posts. Every post should be in line with your goals. Grid posts do help you gain new followers and engage your audience. You should post frequently when you are a smaller account. This is because the algorithm, the algorithm that everybody talks about, favors consistency. And if you are small, you are not going to be favored in the algorithm based on your size. So you need consistency to work in your favor. So when I was trying to grow my account, I would post every day. Sometimes it was a really great post. Sometimes it was a very small post, but I was trying to stay consistent in posting around the same time every day. And I think it's important for people to know that very little is instant on Instagram. Most of the time I edit and save pictures under the draft function. I write the text in the notes app of my phone and I will put them together when the time is right. I also want to say this. Do not be afraid to post pictures of yourself. You are the brand. People like you. That's why they're following you. People are lazy, so they need to see it's you in order to stop. Selfies are fine. Ask people to take pictures of you. It's not scary. I probably had selfies for a solid year before I started saying, hey, take a picture. And now most of my pictures are office staff are helping me and they take photos. They will know because I walk up to them with my phone I'm like, can you do me a favor? And everybody's like, oh, do you want me to take a picture of you? But we actually had a tour in our office with office managers from different fertility clinics. And what my medical assistant was taking a photo of me in front of the diplomas with the letter board, the whole shebang. And this office manager asked, oh, I heard you have a professional photographer who follows you around. I do not. I wish I did. Dear anyone from Aspire, if you're listening, I would take one. But no, 99.9% of photos are not professional. I actually never got professional photos for the purpose of Instagram. I got them a few months ago when this podcast was released, and that was the first time I'd ever really spent money on the platform. I even edit all my photos in um, the app, Instagram app. I don't have a separate editing app. And I just increase the brightness. I drop the warmth. I increase the saturation, drop shadows, and increase contrast. I just do the same thing every time, light and bright and airy. There are some filtering apps you can use that give a consistent look. Typically, also, the reason why you'll hear, oh, using a similar filter or having pictures that look similar are good is because it's another trigger that it's your post. That's what pictures from you look like. Stories are also very powerful, so you can post on Instagram stories I believe this is how you connect with your audience the best. This is where you can really be personal. People love videos and make sure you put text on them because people are lazy. 
You can share others' content. So this is great for community. Oh, Laura Sahin had a great post about environmental toxins. I am going to upload that to my stories and share it. Oh, Candace Perfetto had a great post talking about isolation during infertility. I'm going to share that. Those things are really helpful in integrating yourself into a community and supporting other people, which you know I'm a fan of. You can also save your stories to highlights, and this allows people to save, see them later when they are looking at your profile. You can save 100 stories to a highlight. You can have numerous highlights. I don't know if there's a limit. And you can create with any pictures your cover. You just have to have your story archives on under the settings. And so you could have fertility, medicine, motherhood, whatever you want. You can have them on your profile and highlights, and that's really a great option. And that's why you'll see a lot of us posting our posts from the day onto our stories. That way we can then put it onto our highlights later because it's a hard to search Instagram. But if I'm uploading things and then I save them under a fertility category, you can scroll through and see here Natalie talks about PCOS. Here she's talking about the menstrual cycle. Here she is talking about age and fertility. And this is really great, especially if you use your platform for education, because it allows people to learn what your posts are about without going through each individual one. They can go to the highlight that is cute for them and learn more about you. And friends, engagement is key to Instagram. This platform is all about connection. The time of the day you post matters because who is your audience? Are they awake? Are they on Instagram at that time? This is where outsourcing can be a huge fail. I know it sounds appealing. I'm sitting here giving you a talk saying, you should go be on Instagram. It's very powerful. You are thinking, I don't have time. I am too busy. I don't want to learn it. Blah, 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 blah. I will have this company do it for me. But the truth is, the company is not you. The company is not you. It must be personal or what is the point? This is a personal platform. You need to respond to questions on your post, on comments, direct messages, and you need to follow and engage on other posts that are in your lane. And I mean not just following them, but engaging on their accounts and with their audience, especially if their audience is your target audience. And you need to engage smartly. So when I was first starting out, two big doctor accounts was, one was Laura Lacker. She is a dermatology resident who's almost done with residency. And she's a mom of three and a very lifestyle account about being a woman in medicine. I loved it. And the other was Cassie Majestic, who is an emergency medicine physician who had a lot of health education information, at least when she first started out. And so I had notifications on for just those two people, not for anybody else, but I wanted to be one of the first ones to comment on their posts, and I wanted to comment smartly so that their followers would know who I was. So I would say, as a doctor mom, I also know how hard this struggle is. As a fertility physician, I know how important it is what patients eat dictates their health or whatever, but having a comment that is smart and engaging would then allow their followers to see it and come and follow me. So you want to engage with accounts, not just follow them, but comment and comment smartly. And some tricks to Instagram. One is campaigns. You may have seen a campaign 
Campaigns are typically where one or a small group of people come together with a common message that they'd like to spread and engage bigger discussion across the platform. The best way you can participate in anybody's campaign, did you hear me? If it resonates with you, you do not have to be invited. If I do an as a woman campaign and you're like, I'm a woman, that resonates with me. I have something to say. Please do not wait to be invited. You just hop on in with the hashtag and you tag the handle of the person who started the campaign and that will help bring you into the campaign. It exposes you to more people. So you often will get your platform seen by more people. So that's nice. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Quince. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, but Quince partners directly with top factories, cutting out the cost of the middleman, passing the saving to us, and only working with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I personally cannot wait to wear my cute tan linen set this summer. So it's your turn to get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash A-A-W for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash A-A-W to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash A-A-W. Thank you, Quince. If you're hosting a campaign, it can be time consuming, but it's very powerful. Tips if you want to host is to tell others ahead of time, give clear instructions, engage and share all of their posts. To me, if somebody is taking time out of their day to help amplify my message on my campaign, I certainly want to amplify them back by sharing and tagging them so that my audience can see who they are and get to know them. That can be time consuming. So be prepared if you are leading a campaign. So jumping onto campaigns is great. You can also lead a campaign if there's something you're passionate about. That's a huge trick to success. I've been involved with some really powerful campaigns. My biggest was probably hashtag as a woman, but also with different groups of people. There's been Verify Healthcare, which is what started AHSM or the Association for Healthcare Social Media. And don't do things that are inauthentic to you or you don't have time for. This is a friendly platform Meaning if somebody says, hey, I'm posting about X, Y, Z, and you just can't do it, say, I'm so in love with that idea. I support you. I can't commit to that right now. Nobody will be offended. You also shouldn't be offended if somebody says that to you. Another good trick is Instagram Live. So you can host Instagram Lives. This is where you are answering questions directly. It's a video platform. You can have it with one other person. So two people can do a live together. Goals, I say, is promote it early, give a theme or take questions on a post ahead of time, and it is great for connecting with your audience and letting them get to know you a little bit more. And some pitfalls that I see with Instagram commonly. One, don't grow inorganically. You will not have the power of this platform that you could. Don't buy your followers. You will lose authenticity. Don't get caught up in follow, unfollow. Oh, they followed me. Do I need to follow them back? Follow the accounts you care about. 
Everybody should be following different accounts. You should engage with the accounts you follow. If somebody's not resonated with you, don't follow them just because they follow you. That is not the point of the platform. You will actually hurt their power because if you don't like what they're posting about and you don't comment and engage with them, they will not have as engaged of an audience if they could. So don't think you're doing the polite thing by following them back. You actually may be hurting them if they're not inspiring you. Personally, for me, I want to find inspiration. I love to follow women in medicine doing great things. I want to be educated. I want to see what peers in my field are doing. That's what I really care about. I don't want to just follow everybody who follows me. One, because I would lose the ability to interact with anybody if I followed 61,000 people. But also, I don't want to hurt people because if I'm not genuinely engaged, I may love all the pictures of your family. They may be super cute, but that's not really what I'm going to Instagram to get. And be mindful in what you outsource. Again, this is a personal platform. Nobody's going to do it as good as you. I know you have a learning curve. I know it's going to take time. It is worth it. I get new patients from this platform. I have huge connections in my field from this platform. I have had opportunities that I never would have had at my level of training in this field or for only being out of training for three years, but I have them partly because of this platform. Do not be afraid to be personal in this community. There's no point to just a pure professional page. People really want to see behind the scenes who you are. What do you like? What is it like doing your job? What is it like in the clinic? Make the clinic less scary. Make fertility less scary. You will, we all will, if you reach a certain level, be asked to promote things all the time. I get 10 plus requests to my inbox every day asking me to support brands or promote products. And sometimes I say yes and sometimes I say no. Very careful to think about what you're doing, especially based on your stage of training. And if you're in medicine, if you're endorsing teas or supplements or oils, are you giving them a doctor stamp of approval that maybe you wouldn't really give in real life in your clinic or recommend to patients? It will be seen that way. And so although I think it's perfectly fine to affiliate with brands, I think you, one, must be super transparent in how you do it. You need to say, this was gifted to me. This is sponsored. This is an ad. That's fine. Make some money. But also do it authentically, not for products or brands that you don't believe in, wouldn't promote to patients. And remember that you're a doctor first if you're a doctor. And if you're a medical student, you're a doctor, okay? So don't think you can be promoting all the random things and not have somebody say, well, as a medical professional, is she using her opinion wisely? Residency programs, fellowships, they will look at this. Jobs that you try to get, they will look at this. So you want to be able to stand behind every post. Again, it's a personal platform. There's no point in deceiving anybody. Make your bio transparent. State your credentials. Who you are. Why are you there? What are you trying to accomplish? There's no point of being vague, putting doctor, and not being really clear. I follow some naturopaths who I adore, and they say, doctor of naturopathic medicine, and they are really clear on who, who they are and what they're trying to get across, and I love that. When I see some naturopaths that just says doctor, and I have to really hunt to figure out what type of doctor they are, that feels shady. Don't be shady. Be a real person. 
Stand behind your credentials. I know you're proud of them. You should be. So put them out there. People will still follow you no matter what it is. You worked hard for that degree. Put it out there. And a tip for those in training, there's no anonymity on the platform. If you say medical student, we can figure out where you are. Treat people with respect. If this is how you would talk to attendings in real life, probably not. And if that's the answer, don't talk to attendings on Instagram. It is hard to realize that as a medical student, but the world is small in medicine. In medicine, I know so many people and it just takes offending the wrong person for it to be a roadblock or have somebody question your character. So treat people with respect. Doesn't mean you have to agree with everything they say, but you don't have to do things in a mean or insulting way just because it's social media and maybe your attendings are putting themselves out there and spending their time and their energy trying to educate and advocate for their patients doesn't mean that you shouldn't treat them with respect. You don't want to do anything that would hinder your career in the future. And lastly, stop comparing yourself to others. Remember, community over competition. Nobody is out to take what is yours. Nobody is out to steal something from you. Nobody is trying to up you or show you that they are better than you. Everyone has different goals. Put a little bit of blinders on as far as, oh gosh, she has more followers that posted better. She's prettier, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. Focus on you. Focus on your own goals. Create your own community. Engage with your people. Find your tribe. Be patient. It will grow. I promise you it will. If you keep putting yourself out there, the more vulnerable you are, the more real you are, showing a little piece of your heart, the more people will be able to resonate with it. And your account will grow and it will become more powerful. So don't get caught up comparing yourself. That is fine. Let them do them. You do you. Know that the real power here is creating a community and that everybody really is stronger together. So think about all of this. Understand what your goal is with social media. And hopefully I've given you some tricks or helped you understand my perspective on Instagram and hopefully helping you succeed. Thank you so much for all of your support. I just appreciate it so much. I'm completely mind blown from all of your posts on what your favorite episodes were and the episodes you want to see in the future. By far and away, everyone's favorite episode was The Contingent Life. Like it blew everybody else out of the water. Followed closely by my personal favorite, Girl Quit Your Job. And everybody wants to see some work-life balance. They want to hear about me being pregnant in medical school and a lot more on variety of fertility topics. So that was really eye-opening for me. I really felt the love and the support for this podcast and a huge, huge, big, big, big thank you. Also, feel free to follow me along on Instagram at Natalie Crawford MD. Follow the blog, NatalieCrawfordMD.com. And you can join us next week for episode 22. Hopefully, this will be what I have done in time, which is where Dr. Laura Sahin is going to join us. And we are going to be talking about environmental toxins and your fertility. Super excited. Can't wait. You know, I don't have very many guests. So when I do, it's a big deal. Have a great one. 